You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. PGN Radio episode number 136. We had training camp practice number four of the 2020 season. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, always glad to be here with you. Always better when it's after an Eagles practice when there are actually pads on, unlike Wednesday, and there are things to talk about. Of course, PGN Radio yes. is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey, and you can eat the same Meat snacks that the Eagles do by going to RightToSellEm.com and using discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off orders of $50 or more. Uh, Jimmy, I kind of wanted to start out with a couple of newsy things before we get sure. into the practice observations themselves. Uh, on the injury front, there isn't anything too new. Most of the same stuff as in, you know, Miles Sanders and Derek Barnett and Javon Hargrave, all those big injuries, Dallas Goddard, those guys are still out. Uh, Sidney Jones is still out, which, of course, you know, I think is significant. Was he, was he out yesterday, too? Yeah, I guess he was. I yes, mean, we was. didn't really... I guess he was out in quotation marks. He didn't really practice yesterday, but uh, today he was definitely out uh, wearing uh, sweats and a T-shirt or his jersey or whatever, but no pads, obviously, which is, uh, as we noted yesterday, not great. Not great. For him. And then the other thing I had was, are the Eagles going to get Yannick Ngakwe, Jimmy? The rumors <laughs> are out there from Michael Lombardi. Is it really going to happen? No, it's not going to happen. It's, it's barely even worth talking that about. That storyline has gotten so much mileage. Over the last six months, Yannick Ngakwe to the Eagles, it's insane. It's a nothing burger, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's clearly not going to happen at this point. They have their top four defensive ends. They re-signed Vinnie Curry. Burnett's dealing with an injury, but, like, he's going to be back, or at least they expect him to be back week one. Like, it's not it's not happening. The, their salary cap constraints make it almost impossible for them to acquire mm-hmm. a guy like that who's going to get paid a ton of money uh, even after you give up, you know, high uh, draft picks to go get him. It was funny, uh, Michael Lombardi of, you know, Doug Peterson fame, he sort of, quote unquote, well, I guess you can't say he broke it because it didn't happen yet, but he said mm-hmm. that there was a trade that was extremely close to happening, and then uh, someone with a fake Adam <laughs> Schefter handle, and it wasn't even a good fake, like it wasn't like the, the at, you know, the handle that, that they used really wasn't even that close. It was like Adam Schefter underscore something or other. So it was yes. It wasn't even like a good fake account. Uh, they tweeted about him being traded to the Ravens, I think it was. And mm-hmm. uh, Lombardi was like, Lombardi quote tweeted it like, well, well. <laughs> to say like, I told you. And then he had a, and then like everyone in the replies was like, dude, that was fake. Dozens of people were replying like, haha, you're an idiot, you fell for it, blah, 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 blah. And then he kept, but he, he didn't, like even after people were telling him it was fake, he kept tweeting about like how, this trade was such a great move for the Ravens. and <laughs> 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 But it turns out that, uh, I mean, we don't know, but uh, 
I guess the the team that he later named as the as the one most likely to trade for him would be the New York Jets, uh, with of course uh, former friend, not former friend, actually Joe D was Joe Douglas was a really good dude. He is now the GM of the Jets, of course. Made a big trade, uh, acquiring a couple first round picks for Jamal Adams, and might make another splashy move if they do indeed pull the trigger on Yannick Ngakwe. So very busy off season for Joe D in his first year there. Jimmy, let's get to the offense from training camp today, and then we'll go to the defense later after the break. But no place else to start, really, than John Hightower. Yeah, we both both had him in our headline, and I'm sure other people will as well. He was the clear standout uh, in camp today. I posted a a video of him versus Darius Slay where he faked to the outside and ran. I wouldn't call it a slant necessarily, but he, he, he cut it back to the inside. And got all kinds of separation and kind of left uh, Slay in the dust. Cowboys uh, fans across the nation have <laughs> really jumped all over this tweet, you know, saying uh, Slay sucks. And it's kind of funny how that goes in training camp. Uh, there are two ways to look at really any play that happens. is uh, you know, Do you give credit to the guy who made the play or do you bash the guy who gave the play up? And uh, we see it every year. And in this case, and, you know, even Eagles fans are confused on which, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm happy that Hightower made a good play, but what about Slay? It's one rap, guys. Like, it's like, I understand. Like, and it's the, like, I tweeted it out. It's a video. And it's the only thing, like, I tweeted out all day as far as, like, you know, action on the field. So, like, you know, it was the most eye-popping thing that I, that I saw today. But, like, it's only one rap. It's not that big a deal. And in the NFL, that's probably like a, an eight-yard gain or something like that because he's going to get tackled by a linebacker or safety pretty quickly anyway. So I wouldn't make too big, too big a deal of you know one rep as we tend to do you know this time of year early in training camp. Yeah, I want to touch on Slay a little bit later too, but just for Hightower now, I thought he had a good release on that clip that you showed. Yep, and then he had a really nice, he ran a really nice like crisp comeback route in one-on-ones too to get like Russell Douglas off of him and a perfect timing throw from from Carson Wentz, so he made that play. He had a diving catch uh, over the middle yep. at one point, contested on a throw from Nate Sudfeld. He also got deep for a touchdown with, I believe it was Slay. It was Slay and Mills that were in the, that were in the area. I didn't get a good look from where I was. Hurts had a long time to throw on that play, though, too. Like so. Well, that's what Mills said after practice, as like every defensive back says <laughs> during these practices. Like I remember Malcolm Jenkins uh, uh, back in the day, anytime there was like a play that took – Anytime there's a throw that took longer than like three seconds, if they, you know, if they completed it, it'd be like, yeah, 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 never would, never would happen. Like, like you need five seconds to get open and like you would like totally diminish uh, whatever receiver just made a, just made a play on, on the, uh, on the rep. Yeah, clearly Hightower had, had a good day and he, and it's, it's encouraging to see him get off to a good start. The, sli- the slippery, the, uh, the word that I would use for him is slippery. Just, um, mm. you know, he's one and he's kind of skinny um, the thing that he's going to have to overcome in the NFL, or, the, or rather, rather, I'll put it like this: the challenge, the biggest challenge for him in the NFL is probably going to be, you know, getting off jams at the line of scrimmage. The Eagles don't really have like a super athletic, physical, intimidating, uh, you know, press guy at the corner position. They have some smaller guys with some speed and twitchiness. You know, Slay has, you know, is kind of known for his feet and being able to mirror and match receivers. Razul has some physicality, but certainly isn't the most athletic guy in the world. So when he when the Eagles do eventually face you know those kinds of corners, and there's plenty of them around the league uh, that are sort of imposing at the line of scrimmage, that'll be the the guy that uh, you know Hightower has to prove he can beat. But it has been um, 
you know, sort of encouraging so far in that he has been able to beat the jam at the line of scrimmage. Slate wasn't jamming him on that, on that play, but he was playing tight coverage. There was a play earlier in camp where Razul tried to jam him at the line, and he just dusted him off the uh, off the snap and, and got deep. And I think it was Hurts again that uh, hit him down the field for, for a long game. I think we've seen encouraging things out of all the Eagles rookie yeah. draft pick receivers. Jalen Rager, <clears throat> Quez Watkins, Hightower. So that's encouraging um, and maybe speaks well to the job that Aaron Moorhead, the Eagles' new sure. receiver coach, is doing. And along those lines, I want to bring up that J.J. Ortega-Waitside did a couple good things in yeah. practice today. Had a reception uh, from Carson Wentz for about like 20 yards over the middle of the field. Um, I think he had another one. Good to see him looking good. Also spoke to media after the practice, Jimmy. I don't know if you caught. I did uh, catch I that, did yes. Catch this. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I thought he had good things to say there, too. J.J. is like a, a like a hard kid not to root for. Because like you can kind of like, – he has a good head on his shoulders, at least – you know, from my vantage point as a media member, you know, I don't know his personal life, but from what I can tell from afar, like, uh, I thought he was accountable. He he said that like Les Bowen asked a, 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 a interesting good question. Yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It was like, what did you tell people about the season you had? As if like they wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Like as if, oh, you know, like you, like it's like you can't watch the games or anything or look up his stats. But yeah. Uh, Les Bowen had asked J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, like, what would you tell – what did you tell people about how your rookie season went? And he basically, you know, he said, like, uh, what? that like He, he said, you know, I, he I, I kept it real. I wasn't good enough. You kept it real? Yeah, I kept it real. I wasn't good enough. Yeah, and he was honest about that. And he feels like he's a totally different player now. Now, of course, all that stuff doesn't mean much. It doesn't manifest on the field. But I thought he said the right things. And he, he talked about how, you know, his confidence – is, you know, like boosted just being more familiar with the offense and, and being light years uh, or night and day ahead of where he was last year. He also talked about how he lost between five and 10 pounds of fat over the offseason. I thought that was a little interesting. He talked about how he kind of came in on the heavy side last year and uh, he's feeling lighter now. And um, he specifically talked about like how the Eagles, you know, they got all these guys who can run and he didn't feel like he could, he showed them that he could kind of be that guy last year and that's you know not his game but he said you know he's worked on his speed he's uh worked on his hands he bought a jugs machine for his house yeah um so all that is good you know i thought that's encouraging again it doesn't you can say whatever it doesn't mean much if you don't back it up on the field but i i feel a little bit more encouraged about jj i guess than i did you know coming into camp so you know i'm not ready to say breakout season here but you know he's getting first team reps and uh i think if he can kind of build on this then yeah then things will will be going in the right direction for him. I can always appreciate a little bit of self-awareness in a player. Like, some players are just delusional. So you don't like Jalen Mills? <laughs> Matt Barkley. Um, that uh, <laughs> they just uh, don't – they're delusional about how good they are. And uh, he passes the sort of the, the quote-unquote self-awareness test about how his rookie season went, which was obviously really bad. You know what I will say about his rookie season, though? Like, clearly we all saw, like, his biggest – gaffes like the, he cost them a game against the Lions he should have had that pass he should have had another touchdown pass against I think it was Washington um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean we I'm, just his numbers alone were terrible like <laughs> DK Metcalf had almost as many receiving yards in the playoff game against the Eagles as as uh, JJ had for the entire season you know obviously we've noted several times that you know, three practice squad guys got more snaps in that final game than him but there were some moments that he had last year where you go okay all right well that's the guy that they thought they're, that, that that they hoped they were getting. Like he had that really nice over the shoulder catch near the sideline. Uh, I think that was against the Giants. He had yes. um, a really nice catch over the middle. I think it was actually the first play of the game in that Week 16 super important game against the Cowboys, 
where yep. Wentz just had to laser it in there. And Wentz actually put it in a good spot. It was behind JJ, but it had to be because there was, you know, defenders there. And he reached back and he made a good catch on that. He had sort of a garbage time, really nice catch uh, against the Seahawks in not in the playoff game, but in the regular season game where he went up high, grabbed it. He was getting pushed out, kept his feet in anyway. So like he did have those little moments. He just didn't make big plays in the big moments. Um, And, you know, I think that'll help if he can be a little bit more timely in when he makes his plays next year. But obviously he's got to make way more plays next year than he did in his rookie season. And and like like we already said a few times already, it's good to see that he is aware that his season was bad and he seems legitimately motivated to be better in year two. Yeah, and he acknowledged too that like he's gonna have to just learn to play through pain better. That was something he had never really done as prior. Like you know, he said as in college or high school or whatever. When he whenever he kind of got banged up, it wasn't like this long term issue as much as it was last year. So you know, he kind of acknowledged like you know the NFL gonna have to just you know kind of learn to play through that. So uh, also wanted to bring up Deontay Burnett, mm-hmm. Jimmy, because I like him and I've talked about him before. Only twenty two. I feel like he should at least make the practice squad. Maybe he can kind of sneak onto the roster. I don't know. Kind of depends how many wide receivers they keep. Um, going to be tough for him in that regard because I think you know he's gotten a lot of reps. Five. He has, so they're giving him and, a chance. And on the downside too, he's, he's smaller, like one eighty six, and I've seen that kind of manifest itself in how he got like just destroyed by Sean Bradley the other yes. day, and then today he got <laughs> yeah. decked by like Duke Riley at one point. So I kind of wonder almost like about his durability and how much they might trust him like as a blocker. Because he's just, you know, not that like much of a physical presence. But I thought I think he has legitimate like like talent. Like he can he can catch the ball. <laughs> like he can do that. Yeah. And there's there's something to be said for that. And maybe, you know, working with Jason Avant will only help him. Um, maybe he can kind of be in that mold of a player. More so as a backup, obviously. Did you have anything else on the receivers, Jimmy? Because I want to talk about the offensive line next. No, let's move on. Yeah, so Jason Peters today got his first first team reps at right guard with the Eagles in pads. And I tried to keep an eye on him, you know, as much as I could. It's hard. There's obviously a lot going on. I didn't really notice him egregiously mess up at any point. I don't know if you saw the same. I did see a play where I thought like him and Lane Johnson weren't on the same page and kind of talked to each other a little bit afterwards, which is, you know, to be expected yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. But I, the offensive line as a whole didn't have a great day. And Carson Wentz, who I thought bounced back after not having his best pra- practice earlier this week, but like Carson got sacked a couple times where the, or the pocket really just like collapsed in on him. Yeah. So I don't know if that was specifically, you know, JP, but that wasn't the best sign to me. Tomorrow will be really a better day to evaluate that kind of stuff because, first of all, today was a pretty short practice. Like we only went like an hour and 20 minutes or so. Tomorrow will be, as Doug said this morning, one of the two tackling practices that they have, which not only means that they'll tackle, but it'll be way more physical along the lines as well. And we'll get a better idea of, you know, how these guys look both in pass protection and in run blocking. So I'm really looking forward more to tomorrow on taking a look at, at guys like JP and uh, Pryor whenever he comes in. And then even um, uh, on the left side, of course, uh, Andre Dillard at, at, at left tackle. So yeah, but as far as the O-line goes, did you have a chance to – did you look – did you watch any of the uh, any of the one-on-ones today there? Yeah, I was trying to watch both that and the seven-on-seven, especially, you know, when the seven-on-seven wasn't really anything going on there in between yeah. plays. I saw Nate Herbig get flattened, and you told me before we recorded here that he kind of got tripped up on <laughs> yeah, looked bad. But I saw I saw Herbig, you know, get beat bad a couple times earlier in the week, as I mentioned. Not great from him. And Herbig also had a, a really bad snap that went over Jalen Hurts' uh, head today uh, when he was second team center. So 
not the best camp. You know, what, that's like been absent for the most part. The, the, this camp, like, by, I feel like by now, like usually like the first week of camp, you see a lot of like really bad snaps, and I think that was like the first one that I've seen so far. Yes, it's been mostly yeah, so- Kelsey and um, uh, what's his name, Jeriga, who have been playing center. Uh, Herbig, Although- as you mentioned, got some reps today. So those guys like haven't like Jeriga seems to be fine snapping. Whereas that's been a problem for a lot of guys that have passed through here. Even uh, Isaac. Uh, and Isaac's been good in that yes. regard. Obviously, he, he hasn't done it as much because Kelsey's been there. But when he had to fill in for Kelsey, I didn't notice any issues with that. And that's good because he had, and he has had in the past. issues with that. Yeah. Herbig, by the way, you mentioned him getting flattened. Uh, I, <laughs> I knew I knew that was going to show up in people's notes. Like I, I happened, I just happened to know. I was, I was over there for that. I just happened to notice that he tripped over Driscoll. But, like, if you didn't see that, like he got flattened. <laughs> like it, I'm sure from a distance it looked really bad. And even like from the I don't think the players saw it either, like the defensive players. Because when he went down, like they were like whooping it up. <laughs> that sucks. Like my one real memory about my one my one of my favorite offensive line one on one memories is uh they were practicing at the link one time and uh throughout practice like well, you know, you have Spadaro walking around on the field, and he'll be like, uh, number 18, Jeremy Macklin. There he is, everybody. <laughs> and I guess at whatever moment they were, he was saying something about, and I don't even know, how, I don't know why they would like sort of single out Dennis Kelly. <laughs> but they're like, like Dennis Kelly was up on the, was up on the Jumbotron, and uh, Spadaro was like, oh, there were. 69 or whatever he was Dennis Kelly well, oh, 67 yeah <laughs> Dennis Kelly and he's up on the Jumbotron and somebody just boom just smashed into Dennis Kelly Dennis Kelly <laughs> laid out he's on his back like on the Jumbotron and <laughs> like at, at like the perfect moment it was it was almost like uh Tom Brenneman apologizing for his, oh boy <laughs> for his for his comments his comments and uh while he's apologizing, the Cincinnati Reds player hits a home run <laughs> right in the middle of him apologizing. He's like, and that's going to be a home run. Uh, but to reiterate, this is not who I am as a person. <laughs> Yikes. Phenomenal. But yeah, that, that reminded me, like, the Dennis Kelly thing reminded me of that. Because it couldn't have been a pot. Like, it couldn't. I, first of all, I can't. I, like, why were they even say like you know dennis kelly as if he's like a fan favorite or something like that but then like also like it was just the exact moment when somebody was absolutely trucking him all right jimmy let's take a break here (laughs) and before we do obviously you know if i if i needed any kind of realty advice or or if i'm looking to buy a home whatever uh, i can contact Kristen roach at roach realtors right you sure can brandon at 856-906-9295. I won't go through the whole spiel here because we're just doing these short mm-hmm. episodes. But she's awesome uh, in real estate and in life. Give her a call. Let's take a break here and we will be back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. 
so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on our second half of this BGN Radio 136 Eagles training camp recap. Day four out of the first five days, Eagles going to be in pads for tackling slash, you know, in quotes, tackling live tomorrow on Friday. But for now, Thursday, um, wanted to go to the defense, Jimmy. You brought up Darius Slay earlier, and I think it's fair to ask, is Darius Slay the next big name free agent (laughs) cornerback bust? And I think it's safe to say the answer is no. That, <laughs> at least not right. We can't know that right no, now. Because well, he's got the he's got a bad number. He's twenty four, which of course is the same as now. That is tough. <laughs> so and that, Bradley Fletcher. That brings yeah right. So that brings up some bad memories of, for some people, I think. But uh, now, now I mean, he's. I think he's still the best corner that they've had, best cover corner anyway that they've had uh, since Asante Samuel. And I think he's going to show that during the season. Yeah, I mean, it's this is something that happens every year, as you kind of touched on earlier in the show. You know, you have someone look good on a play, someone else looks bad. And also, like, you know, Darius Slate's a veteran player. You know, these guys aren't always <laughs> right. going all out in training. I know it's his first with the team and whatever, but, like, I just, you know, look, I'm someone who has expressed some level of skepticism with the trade and how Darius Slay played last year, and I don't think it's, like, this automatic lock yeah. that he doesn't drop off, to be clear. I'm not saying that is impossible, but I'm saying, like, we don't know. Like, we have no information on that yet. I don't care if he's getting beat by Quez Watkins or, no, it was uh, Deshaun. You know, oh, Deshaun, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in those drills, we, in those clips we saw before. The, the uh, pre-media Asimov. attended practices. Yeah, and then this week, John Hyde. Like, just, and again, there's no pass rush. Just everyone, like, we, we have time to figure that one out. So just, you know, just relax. Just yeah, relax a little bit. The other thing, too, is, like, I don't know if, if this is true of him, but – this this is true of some NFL players that have been in the league long enough. In uh, you know Major League Baseball in spring training, you'll have pitchers that like just want to work on one thing during one of their mm-hmm. like spring training outings, and they'll just get lit up like a Christmas tree. But they don't they, they don't care because they're just trying to work on like one thing. And yeah, uh, or <laughs> right, and uh, they'll just get lit up. So I don't know if that's going on here, but that that is something that has happened before in Eagles camps where, you know, guys just seem like they're not playing well, but it's only because they're trying to get better at one specific thing. Like, I remember in the past, like, Fletcher Cox would be, like, just totally invisible for almost the entirety of training camp. And, like, you know, when the camp is over, you're like, and I don't remember seeing Fletcher Cox, like, do anything. And so far in this camp, like, have you seen him really do anything? No. No. <laughs> but when week one comes around, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be dominating on the interior of the defensive line if he's healthy. So, 
yeah, I mean, I wouldn't make too much of a of a star player. I wouldn't call Darius Slay a star player necessarily, but one a very good, you know, veteran player who's been good for for a while. If they're not, you know, if you see them getting beat here and there, or they're just kind of like invisible at times, it it's not it's not a reason to panic. And we don't have anything to work on here because we have we've never seen you know Lions training camps or anything like that. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be too alarmed by you know him getting beat in a one-on-one drill. I liked a couple of plays from Nikel Roby Coleman, who broke up a couple of passes for Deshaun Jackson. One was in one-on-one. Another one was a deep throw from Carson Wentz in, I believe, 11-on-11 uh, or 7-on-7, one of those. And ball was underthrown a little bit, I think, on both times, more so in the team drill than the one-on-one. But uh, Nikel Roby Coleman, like, he looks pretty good. He's got some feistiness in him, too. He does. Like, they're not just handing him that job. In the sense of like unearned, like he's definitely he looks good, like he's legitimately good. He, he's looking like he's earning it. Sort of save this for the offense, but Carson Wentz to Deshaun still looks good, by the way. Yep, <laughs> that still looks like a very yes. good connection. Um, nothing new. I wanted to point out some of the younger guys on defense. Jimmy Kevon Wallace had two pass breakups today. I know Eagles fans like like love Kevon Wallace. Like that's catnip. Anytime you mention him, <laughs> I had people asking. You know, me about him earlier this week. It's like, why haven't we heard about him? It's like, well, you know, you don't see everyone every day, and not everyone always necessarily makes a play, good yeah. or bad. But he made two today. He's so been active, and Will Parks has too. Will yes, Parks, Will Parks had a PVU uh, as well today. But the, both of those guys, like the two backup safeties, who both could have a role, whether they start or not, they probably both will have some kind of role in the defense. They've both been active and, and have looked pretty good so far. Davion Taylor had a pass breakup, or I couldn't see perfectly because of the angle, but he. Stayed with Adrian Killens on like a wheel route running yep. down the sideline. That's pretty impressive, you know, because we all know Killens is like is really fast. So uh, good to see that athleticism. You know, not shocking because we already knew that about Davion Taylor, but still nice to see him uh, doing something after kind of not seeing him so much. And I, I was talking about that yesterday, where Sean Bradley's been a little bit more active. Uh, I want to ask you, Jimmy, uh, since you were over by the offensive line versus yes. defensive line drills, like, am I? I feel like I saw Hassan Ridge, Ridge, Ridgeway. Uh, wrecking ish again, and I also did I see some signs of life from Sharif Miller? Yeah, so Ridgeway has just generally speaking in the one on ones that I've seen so far has been good. Uh, he mm-hmm. did have a good rep today, I forget who, who that was against, uh, but he did win one rep pretty emphatically. Miller, I, I, th- I like. I want to say he got kudos. First of all, today wasn't even one on ones uh, in the part that I watched. Anyway, there were, it was more yeah. like they're like running like stunts and twists and that kind of stuff. So it was mm-hmm. more like two on twos. And I'm not certain that they were totally going one hundred percent on that. Uh, okay. I think it was more like giving the offensive linemen sort of an opportunity to kind of you know kind of get their sea legs there in terms of like passing guys off to each other and switching and whatnot. But at some point there was. Definitely, I think they were going 100%. Uh, and I think Sharif got kudos for sort of barreling into, you know, his, like the guy who was blocking him, but then also taking out the other blocker and allowing, uh, I don't know who, who did this. I think I want to say it was actually Joe Osman, which is, mm. you know, sort of maybe a little bit weird that it was two defensive ends uh, working off each other next to each other. But he looped around because Miller did a good job sort of tying up both blockers and Osman came free and got to the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, he, sh- he showed a little bit of signs of life there. Interesting, um, you know, battle for that fifth defensive end spot between guys like Osman and Miller and Gennardi Avery. Which I didn't is, see Avery do anything. Which is the bigger offense? 
from a front office perspective. Cutting Miller, a fourth round pick two years ago, or last year rather, or Avery, a guy you traded a fourth round pick for at a trade at the trade deadline. I think you already know my answer. <laughs> I think everyone knows my answer. It's, it's I think it's an easy Avery. answer. Yeah. <laughs> like and Miller too was actually the last pick of that fourth round. He was a comp comp pick. So like you know he's like almost a fifth rounder. Like it's not insane that they. You're gonna miss all draft picks too. Like it, you know it's not a big deal. Got like fourth rounders get pit get get cut like a year after they get picked. Like although it's not that super uncommon. But to trade for a guy at the trade deadline, you know, say that, like, you know, you need to see a full off season of him before you can expect him to contribute, which, okay, mm-hmm. fine. Um, but, and then he no, doesn't. No, not fine. Don't and then, agree. But, and, then, and then he doesn't. But then, okay, right. But but then if, like, uh-huh. if you go into that year and he doesn't, then that that's not good. But, yeah, I know that's a, I know that's a very sore spot with you, the Gennardi trade. And it was a bad trade. There's two years in a row they made uh, a bad trade at the deadline. Obviously, the year before was um, – uh, the trade for Golden Tate, which did not work out. So uh, they uh, maybe should, uh, I guess, uh, chill out maybe a little bit on the steal Howie's phone at the, at the, at phone the 2020 the trade deadline. deadline. It's too much um, of a premium, like the trade at the deadline. You know, I feel like you can get bargains in the off season, but door at the trade deadline, like I feel like you're just willing to overpay for guys that you probably shouldn't. Yeah, it was a. It's just an unforced error. It's like, why do they have to do that? Like, there was no pressure to do that anyway. Um, yeah, I haven't really noticed Avery at all. Really good or bad, I just haven't. I barely even noticed him. He's been invisible to me. He got swallowed up. I, the only time I've noticed him, he got swallowed up by Prince Tago Winogo during one on ones a couple days ago. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great, Great impression. <laughs> um, I will say that with Miller, the frustrating thing is the context of that draft class. When you have Howie Roseman saying this is an historically deep. Uh, defensive line class and all you get is Sharif Miller out of it. I mean, he's basically like the defensive version of Donnell Pumphrey potentially in that like, you know, how he said the same thing about running backs in 2017. And it's entirely possible that Sharif Miller won't even play a single defensive snap for this team. Just like Donnell Pumphrey did not even play any kind of snap for the Eagles at all. So I think it's defensible if Dillard pans out and I think Sanders already obviously has panned out already. And then if JJ pans out, then you know nobody cares that your fourth round pick and Clayton Thorson didn't didn't pan out. But if Dillard and or JJ aren't good players, then those two picks look even worse than they already are. Did you have any other anything else, Jimmy, on the defense before we get to final thoughts? Now I'm looking forward really to tomorrow when again it was short practice today. Tomorrow I imagine it'll be a longer practice and it'll definitely be a lot more intense. Uh, than it was today, so we'll get a better look at you know sort of the the the, the lines. Whereas uh, over the first four days of practice, my focus anyway has really been more on the back seven. Yeah, that'll be fun to see. Uh, Want to give some quick flyers and Sixers takes at the end oh, of okay. the podcast here, Jimmy? Flyers, I think they're going to be fine. Knock on wood. Not really too worried about them. They obviously lost against the Canadian series as a, what, 3-2 uh, going into Friday, game six. I think the Fires will be good. I'm not really worried about them. The Sixers, however, Jimmy. The Sixers <laughs> is a disgrace in the words of Meek Mill's Twitter account. They're just, they're hopeless. They're really bad. I have been out on them for so long. I'm not even mad about them. I think it's like, how could you even be mad? At least to me. Like, the, the, the space I'm in with them... I can't be mad at them because this is exactly what I expected. I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back here and said, oh, I knew this all along. I'm just like, I've been out on them like decreasingly so since they lost that Celtics series a couple of years ago. 
Because, like, to me, it was just apparent, like, that Ben Simmons is, you know, kind of, for as talented as he is, he is also a hindrance in a way of this team you know, reaching their absolute ceiling because he won't do the main ob- objective of the game and shoot the basketball, among other issues, and spacing and front office management. There's a lot of people to blame. I don't want to just put on Ben Simmons, the coaching, front office, uh, the ownership, really. It starts there, I would say. They need to go. So Sixers are screwed, so that's cool. I guess I'll give a shout-out to your co-writer, Jimmy, here on uh, Philly Voice. Kyle Newbeck had a good piece uh, about how the Sixers are screwed, so everyone go read that. I've been meaning to read that. I've been so busy uh, with Eagles here, I haven't had a chance to do that. But uh, I, I also heard that that was good from somebody else, so I'm looking forward yes. to checking that out. Did you, ever, so, did, you see this, did, you, did you see this tweet by uh, Mike O'Connor? No. So he wrote, Maybe. if the Sixers didn't trade Bridges... And then, oh, yes. and then literally did nothing but retain their guys after draft night in 2018. Here's their roster. Embiid, Simmons, Reddick, Covington, Bridges, Shamit, Shake Milton, Dario, uh, Furkan, uh, Holmes, TLC, and Fultz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, my thing with them is, and people don't like this, and people won't enjoy this, but and it's a hot take for some, but I would have traded Simmons for Kawhi. I know... Like, oh, Kawhi, but he left for L.A. after a year. But okay, but like you could have made a run last year. And the goal of this whole thing was to win a championship. It wasn't necessarily to have like – the goal was to win a championship. That was the goal. And I felt like that could be the move to get him to do that. But this who, is – Who knows? Uh, maybe, he, maybe he loves Philadelphia too. Well, that's what I mean. At least maybe give yourself stays. a chance, right? Yeah. Like don't just like rule it out. Anyway, this is – you know, oh, this is all <laughs> – People have already tuned out. No one cares about my uh, six years. But you, but you were you were a Liberty Ballers writer, though. I was. Yeah, that's so. Your I think your take is valid. I think if they want to tune down on my Sixers takes, then by all means, go right ahead. Okay. Yeah. Listen to me. Ignore Jimmy. Just as a general <laughs> rule. Um, uh, this has been BGN Radio episode one thirty six, brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Turkey. Of course, you can get your own Righteous Felon Craft Turkey flavors. You know, for example, such as Jimmy's favorite, Victorious Big. That's right. At RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off off orders fifty dollars or more. We will be back with you again on Friday after training camp. You can follow at Brandon Gowton and at Jimmy Kemsky and at BGN underscore Radio. And hey, why not at Bleeding Green too? Because that's almost a hundred thousand followers. So go do that on Twitter. Obviously, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things help support us. Uh, if you want to pay us any kind of thanks, if you not that you owe us that by any means, but if you enjoy this stuff. And you're like, and it's a free podcast. Like, we're not making you subscribe for anything. If you enjoy this and you feel like, hey, I want to support this somehow, you know, go drop a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and that would be really cool. Uh, until next time, Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.